This program is part of Film Geek Radio. Visit filmgeekradio.com for more great shows. Hey movie addicts, welcome to Cinema Fix, your stop for the purest, highest quality movie reviews on the block. I'm Andrew Johnson, and I'm joined today by my fellow dealer, Monica Castillo. Precious. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad. That was pretty good. I had to, I guess. I wasn't going to do it, and then I was like, you know what? Darn it. Just go for it. I did. It. I had no idea you felt that way about me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm the corrupting influence that's turned you into a shell of your former self. All right, this is episode number 30 of Cinema Fix, focused on the movie The Hobbit, An Unexpected Journey. If you're new to Cinema Fix, this is a show on Film Geek Radio focused on in-depth discussion of mainstream blockbuster films. We are here to satisfy your addiction to quality conversation about the movies, and each week we release an episode in two parts. The first part, which you're listening to right now, is a 10-minute long spoiler-free review of the film. That way you can get a general idea of what we thought about it and whether or not it's worth your time. The second part is a much more in-depth analytical discussion that does contain spoilers, so if you've seen the movie and you would appreciate that type of conversation about what works and what doesn't, definitely listen to that. This week we are talking about The Hobbit, Part 1, An Unexpected Journey. There will be three parts. No. Sorry, there will be. Not three parts <laughs> of the podcast, three parts to the movie. <laughs> Clarification, I am not doing three sequels altogether. <laughs> no, I'm not Peter Jackson. <laughs> Monica, why don't you give our listeners a little information about the movie? In case they've been living under a rock and haven't heard of The Lord of the Rings or Bilbo Baggins or anything In like that. In case they were just born within the past couple years, the series of movies have been directed by Peter Jackson, based on the novel by J.R.R. Tolkien. And this one particular, The Hobbit, is set before the the Lord of the Rings films. Martin Freeman stars as Bilbo Baggins. He's a hobbit, which is a creature in this fantasy realm, who goes off with Gandalf the Wizard and a small group of dwarves on a quest to the Lonely Mountain, where they hope to defeat the evil dragon Smog and help the dwarves reclaim their kingdom. This is the first of three films, so they make it to about two-thirds of the way to the mountain. Along the way, they fight orcs and other creatures. Stuff. That's a pretty good summary of what happens. They walk it, and they fight stuff. They walk and fight stuff. I think that's how J.R.R. Tolkien actually wrote the book. <laughs> walk and fight, walk and fight. Here's a clip. Give him a contract. Warren, please, we're off. It's just the usual summary of out-of-pocket expenses, time required, remuneration, funeral arrangements, so forth. Funeral arrangements? Oh. Up to, but not exceeding one-fourteenth of total profit, if any. Seems fair. Uh, present company shall not be liable for injuries inflicted by or sustained as a consequence thereof, including but not limited to lacerations. Evisceration? Incineration. Oh, aye, I'll melt the flesh off your bones in the blink of an eye. <laughs> You're right, laddie. Huh? Yeah, I feel. feel a bit faint. 
Think furnace with wings. Yeah, I, I, I need air. Flash of light, searing pain, then poof, you're nothing more than a pile of ash. All right, this is part one of our episode on The Hobbit, so we're just going to take ten minutes to give some general spoiler-free thoughts on the movie. I'm starting the clock now. Monica, one of the interesting things about The Hobbit is that Peter Jackson shot it in this new format, and certain theaters are projecting it at 48 frames per second, which has caused quite a bit of controversy. There are a few people that say they love it, it's super high definition, it looks great, there are other critics that say it looks terrible. So before we talk about the movie itself, you saw it in 48 frames per second. I did not. Tell us, how does it look? Is it worth seeing in that format? Um, so it's kind of like, I guess, how I would describe the Limax syndrome, where it sounds really good, and it sounds like this is a new experience, but really, it's a gimmick to add another $2 surcharge to your ticket. When you say Limax, you're referring to IMAX theaters that call themselves IMAX theaters, but they aren't really... They are not the dome. They don't affect your peripheral vision. That's what I'm saying. It's like, it's not a new form of watching a movie. It's just something with a new name, new gimmick to it, a new angle. Um, You know, when surround sound was starting to become a thing. It's the same sort of thing. Normally, films are projected at 24 frames per second. This one is projected at in some theaters at 48 frames per second. So that's supposed to make it look super realistic, super sharp. Did it work for you? So the sharpness came across. I'm not going to take that away. But the thing is, it kind of looked like the demo reels that you see walking by the video game section of Best Buy. That's the best that I can describe it because it's really, it, some of, and especially the action sequences where it looks like the motion blur is off. They haven't gotten that yet. So it's still, like, this is the first movie that's, I guess, doing a wide release in this format. So they haven't worked out all the kinks, which makes me kind of wonder, like, why would they throw out something that isn't exactly fixed all the way? It's kind of like how Clash of the Titans came out and they were still figuring out 3D and it was a post-conversion and everybody said it was awful for miles around. Right. I think it's kind of suffering from the same sort of issue. And in addition to the 48 frames... Uh, frame rate per second is that you have to see it in 3D. So it all, it, it comes already with its own things. Kids that might not take to 3D, that don't like the 3D, people who can't see it, people who get motion sickness from it. It's already problematic. So you think it looks bad? It took me out of the action. And there's certain things like... Th- 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 another thing that people brought up is that now all the technology or the work, the craftsmanship that goes into making movies is going to have to advance. The makeup is going to have to get better because we can't, we can now see the creases in people's faces and things like that. And 3D, that used to make it blurry or too dark for us to see. Um, at one point, they, uh, there's a dwarf that has like a goblet on the table and I kind of saw it bounce back up which made it look like it was a plastic thing and not an actual, like, wood goblet. Little moments like that that kind of take you from the movie and remind you that you're watching something else. So you would recommend that people stay away? I recommend it from the 48 frames per second, at least until they figure it out. Because at least right now in the city of Boston, like, our ticket prices are already kind of expensive. We're not New York or L.A. expensive, but we're pretty up there. And I know in my local theater to see 48 frame rates per second, at in the 3d setting it's 17 dollars a ticket oh wow yeah 
That's a lot. There's a nice dinner I can have that will probably take about the same amount of time and will probably settle well better with me. <laughs> okay. Well, well, I did not see it in 48 frames per second or in 3D. I just saw it in regular digital projection, 2D, and I thought that it looked really good. Everything was sharp. Everything was crisp. There was nothing super distracting. And... I thought that that was effective because Peter Jackson directed it, and he also directed The Lord of the Rings, and I, I will say this about The Hobbit. The Hobbit is a flawed film, but it does feel like the other Lord of the Rings movies. Just visually, you can tell that Peter Jackson directed them, from the camera angles to the costumes to the lighting. It definitely feels like I'm back in Peter Jackson's Middle Earth. Yeah. So there is that layer of consistency there. In terms of the quality of the film, you know, there are some people that love the movie. There are a lot of critics that hate it. I'm kind of somewhere in the middle. I definitely do not think it's as good as any of the Lord of the Rings films. I mean, so that's my thing, as long as you can admit that it's not the Lord of the Rings. Like, a lot of, I'm sure a lot of people went into this expecting the second coming of the Lord of the Rings. And I didn't feel like story wise, it was as engaging, as as exciting as it was to see Lord of the Rings. Right. And I think many of the problems are just structural mm. ones. Because originally, The Hobbit was going to be split into two movies. And most of the second movie was going to be used to sort of bridge the gap between The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And then Peter Jackson said he was going to split it into three movies. And I just feel like you can you can feel them trying to stretch out The Hobbit yes. into these multiple movies. I liked the first act of the film. There's some good comedy. They do a good job of setting the stage for the adventure. And then Bilbo goes off on his adventure with the dwarves, and it kind of starts to go downhill. I mean, even the beginning it felt kind of draggy to me because they were doing like this big, long, pro long, like protracted intro to, hey, remember this, guys? Remember the Shire? Remember right. Bilbo? How about this? Do you remember this? How about Gandalf? You remember Gandalf, right? And I mean, if that was supposed to be some sort of a fan service, that took way longer than necessary. Well, there's a lot of elements of the film that just feel like fan service. Honestly, the, the the movie kind of feels really bloated. It feels like an extended edition DVD. Mm. It feels like there are a bunch of scenes in here that should have been left on the cutting room floor, yeah. but they were thrown in mainly for the fans. And especially during the second act, there are, there are some scenes involving some orc battles and some chases and uh, some trolls. And at the time, I was watching the movie, and I was enjoying myself. Yeah. But at the same time, they don't really have a whole lot to do with the central plot. And they're not really moving the story forward, and they sort of feel gratuitous. Yeah. So at the end of the day, I, I felt like I enjoyed myself in The Hobbit, mm -hmm. but it had kind of worn out its welcome by the end. There were several points in the movie where I was just kind of thinking to myself, okay, just get on with it. Yeah. Move on with the story, please. Long sigh. But w what did you think of the movie? A aside from the horrible projection in the 48 frames per second that you saw it in. Eh. Like, again, like I said, like don't go in there expecting the second coming of the Lord of the Rings because you're only going to be disappointed. There were a lot of times where I just wanted the pacing of the movie to walk and it would stumble, stop, 
look around, talk to the random person or whatever, explain the random person's vision, and before finally moving on. And it's like, wow, that was another 20 minutes. I usually get very defensive when people pull out their cell phones and, you know, check their emails during the film. But I actually let this person in front of me completely check their cell phone <laughs> just so I can see the time. <laughs> You seem to be doing that a lot lately. First Anna Karenina and now The Hobbit. I know. it's Well, we keep picking the really good films, man. <laughs> They're just long films. A lot of films lately, I guess, because everyone's trying to go for Oscar monies this time of year. It just seems like, oh my god, that's two hour and 30 minutes. Like, we go into the screening and I get out and it's 10 o'clock at night. What happened and why did I do this to myself? <laughs> so, I mean, would you say you liked the film? I mean, it's okay. Like, I'd rather, I'd rather rent it. I'd rather, you know, see it in the comfort of my own home or whatnot. Because, you know, you're getting it digitally projected, most likely. I don't know. I wasn't in love with it. Yeah. It was okay, but there's not anything that I could really point to that it's like, this is an awful film and you should avoid it at all costs. Because it does, it does what it needs to do fine. It just takes a long time to do it. Yeah, and it's it's really time-consuming. And, you know, for, for it being that long and it doesn't, you know, blow you away or really stick in your mind, like, I forgot the movie by the time I got back to the car. Yeah, you, you mentioned that in the first act, the first 15 to 20 minutes or so, there are lots of references to the other films, Lord of the Rings films. And I feel like The Hobbit and Unexpected Journey is really, in many ways, trying to parallel the fellowship of the ring yeah and I'll, I'll talk about this more in part two but there are some very similar elements there are some things that were changed from the book oh good are you gonna nerd out on me no i actually i haven't read the book in years yeah because i was gonna say like i read it back in seventh grade and i remember uh, yeah. parts but we're not i wouldn't pull out my <laughs> comparison sheet because it'll just be sad i remember almost nothing from the book but i did go online afterwards and and review what what had been in the book and what was in the film there are some major changes i was gonna say did it feel childish to you because i felt like the lord of the rings felt grown up even watching that as a child like this was a grown-up movie and this one there's like some slapsticky things there's bodily humor jokes it was kind of like really this is this is lord of the rings well, The Hobbit was written before The Lord of the Rings, and it was a children's book. It was much lighter, and then later on, after he had written Lord of the Rings, Tolkien went back and revised parts of The Hobbit so they would sort of flow yeah. together. And there are some lighter moments in The Hobbit, and overall I think it's a much lighter film, but I, di I didn't have a serious problem with that. I found a lot of those moments fairly enjoyable yeah. and fun. That wasn't my problem. The only complaint I would have in terms of tone is that it doesn't quite feel like the stakes are as high in this film as they were in Lord of the Rings. Yeah, in Lord of the Rings, it really felt like the weight of the world was on. Um, wow, I totally blinked. <laughs> but not Bilbo, but um, Frodo. Frodo. Ha, the other O ending name. Yeah. It was all on him. And then and here is like Bilbo is like very, does he went in? Does he went out? It's just a thing to help somebody else. It's not on him. Like it would be nice if they could get their place back. But really the stakes for him aren't as deep 
until like obviously he gets you know going and then you know his life may or may not depend on the survival of his fellow dwarves so right and i mean i mean the lord of the rings was very much about the the fate of all of middle earth rests on this one hobbit whereas in this film it's basically it's like yeah it's cool you're gonna go fight a big nasty dragon and try to take back the these dwarves kingdom Mm -hmm. but we don't see the dragon in this movie (gasps) which was the worst thing i was like if you were coming to this as a benedict cumberbatch fan you were gonna be pissed (laughs) yeah there's not really a major threat I think until film two, apparently yeah. they try to, to to throw in a primary villain, which we'll talk about in part two. Yeah. But I don't I don't think that really works. And yeah, overall, it's just structurally a flawed approach to the material. I mean, again, I saw it with you know the really wonky forty eight frames per second thing. So I wasn't exactly blown away by the visuals, as you probably were. So maybe this is why this is much more on my, eh, I could take it or leave it scale. Yeah, I agree. I, I liked the film. I would say if you're a fan of Lord of the Rings, definitely go see it. But it's not as good as those three films. It's kind of a shaky start to this new trilogy. And I'm, I'm concerned that that decision to make it three films, that, that structurally that's just going to cripple the trilogy. I'm really concerned about that if, if this is any indication. Yeah. So I liked it, but I, I definitely have some strong reservations about it. Is there anything else you want to say about The Hobbit and Unexpected Journey before yeah, we wrap up? No, I'm pretty good. All right. Well, that'll wrap it up for part one of our episode on The Hobbit and Unexpected Journey. Don't forget to tune into part two for a much more in-depth conversation about the movie. And don't forget to tune in next week when we'll be discussing This Is 40, the new film directed by Judd Apatow. We'd love to get your feedback on the show. You can email us at cinemafix at filmgeekradio.com or comment on the website at filmgeekradio.com. You can also subscribe to the show through iTunes. So if you like the episode, please write us a review. That would help us get the word out about the show. Also, if you'd like to support us and you don't really feel like donating to us through the website, we now have some companies that we are now affiliated with. If you go to the website and click on support and affiliates, uh, we're, we're now partnered with iTunes and Amazon and a bunch of other companies. And if you go to those retailers through our website, we will receive a small cut of whatever you purchase. So if you've got to do some online shopping for the holidays and you would like us to get a small cut of that, please navigate to that through the website. It would be a huge help to us, and we really appreciate it. Uh, and don't forget, to, you can also check out other great shows on the network, including Let's Get Real, The Thin Place, and Dispatches from St. Marina. Monica, where can people find you online? People can find me on Twitter at mcastimovies. That's M-C-A-S-T-I movies. They can also find my work reposted through the Boston Online Film Critics Association website at bofka.com. I'm Andrew Johnson. You can find some of my writing at filmgeekradio.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at writerandrew. If you do follow me, be sure to send me a message and let me know you're a listener, and I will follow you back. That'll wrap it up for this episode of Cinema Fix. I'm Andrew Johnson. I'm Monica Castillo. And have fun this week getting high on cinema. This has been a Film Geek Radio production. Film Geek Radio! Yeah!